Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. So good morning. Welcome to uh, Grace Space Parenting. We're in our second class of the third book in the uh, Grace Space Parenting series. And my name is Adam. I introduced myself to you a little bit before. But I wanted to welcome you. And we, we had a little bit of table time discussion before we started this morning. I'd like to pray and then just ask people to share a little bit about some of those questions. And then we will go into a little bit of review, watch the video, and come back and discuss. So let me pray. Father, thank you again for this time. Uh, thank you that we get to learn, that we get to sharpen one another, and we get to learn from one another. But more importantly, that we get to dive into your word and see what you say, because you know us, you created us, you form us, you shape us, and you know what's best for us. So we want to listen to you, and we want to pray that you would take away any pride, anything that's inhibiting us from, from trusting you, and we declare our belief in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we asked the questions, um, how does the idea that who we are is more important than what we do strike you? And then who are you with that? And then what is one of your most valuable character traits? So let's tackle the first one. When we talk about this idea of who we are being more important than what we do, how does that hit you? This is where you respond. Is that foreign? Is it a new concept? Is it something that you've always believed? It's the most common thing there is. What do you ask the person that you first meet? Well, that's... Right, right. Yes. Yeah. So it's so it's it's interesting that even our culture, when you meet someone, within the first three questions we ask, so what do you do? But that's not the real question. The real question is who are you? And so we've we've mixed this thing of doing really identifying who we are when that's backwards, right? Like who we are, what we do flows from who we are. It doesn't define who we are. So that's really interesting. Is that something that's new to you guys, or is that something that you've processed and discovered? Kind of in the middle, still figuring that out? It's hard for you to think that way? I never thought of it like that. Because if someone asks me what I do, I never think of it as part of who I am. Because I don't like what I do. I just do it because I've done it for years. When I ask someone what they do, I'm giving myself an idea of what can I do to get out of what I do. Oh, that's fascinating. And I love that, too, because, like, um, sometimes, uh, I mean, even the American dream. What's the American dream? Figure out what you want to do, work hard enough, get, get, attain that, and then you'll become something. Like, that's so backwards. It's such a lie. And we buy into that. And, and what happens is when we buy into that, then this becomes our identity, right? What I do becomes my identity. But what happens if... I get laid off. What happens if I lose my job? What happens if I am never hired into that position, right? And this is just one of the things. There are many things that we do, our roles, our responsibilities, and throughout the class we'll talk a lot about relationship and responsibility. That relationship with God is key and utmost, and that the res- no relationship exists without responsibility. Inherent in every relationship is responsibility, role. 
and what we do, our, relation, our responsibility, our role, flows from who we are, the relationship we have with the Lord. And so, but, but when we circumvent that and we put the responsibility ahead of the relationship, then, then a lot of confusion can happen. And so even when we talk about parenting, if we value parenting, or we believe that our identity comes from parenting, more than the relationship we have with God and that this is one of the responsibilities I have and this is one of the roles that I have with him and, and with my spouse or, or maybe just that God's blessed me with if I'm a single parent, then this isn't my identity, but it flows from my identity. Make sense? Excellent, excellent. So what about this, you know, and I'd love to hear from a couple of you, what is your most valuable character trait? What do you value most about yourself? Wow, fantastic. Huge, huge, right? Because this is, this is talking about your identity, your core identity. I am honest and I have integrity. Those are values that I have because of who I am in Christ that, that honor him and that help me live out the responsibilities that I have. Well, that my mother told me that the lie was written across my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, so fear is always a good motivator too, right? Uh, excellent, excellent. My mother taught me many valuable lessons. So do you want to come to my poker night this week? No. <laughs> I learned a long time ago that I'm not a gambler. So there you go. Me that. Very good, very good. Who else? I think one of mine used to be honesty. Okay. But then in the last few years, learned that since well, the last probably year and a half, learning that who we are is more important than the job hmm. because of us at work. Now I think I've kind of shifted to just loving yeah. as being my most important, and then all the others seem to kind of be shown also through that. Excellent, excellent, right? And when we look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and then it lists all these other character traits, but, but it really does flow like that. All of these things, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, flow from love. And, and God is love, right? And so love is really, really important. It's interesting to me that in Scripture, God wants us to know what love is so deeply that he doesn't mince words. He tells us in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't keep records of right and wrong, love doesn't boast, right? Love endures all things. And so, and, and so on and so forth. But, but that is key, right? Love, and it's the great commandment, and it's the great commission, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and go and make disciples, right? This happens and flows from love because this is who we are. It's kind of, you know, the identity question is kind of like this, this question I ask all the time is, why does a dog bark? Because it's a dog, right? So why do we love? Because we're Christian, right? And so this isn't necessarily what we do as much as who we are. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about last week, which is ironic because I wasn't here. So I'm going to pass that over to Peter. I just have a couple of reminders about last week uh, on the introduction for you. Uh, we are in a series that really is going to be talking about character development. And so the question today, why, why is it important that we are somebody um, and how does what we do 
reflect who we are is really what the question is that we're asking. Um, and one of the things that I've thought about that Kimmel is going to kind of talk around probably that we're going to open up a little bit more is your character and your children's character is what's going to see them all the way through. Um, some interesting statistics. The number one reason people leave the mission field is not because it's hard, it's because they can't get along with each other. Um, employee theft is at a high right now at companies. Uh, spending time on personal matters on the internet or on your phone at work rather than spending work time is really, really high also. Um, our children who are trying to make themselves look a certain way so that they're accepted forget that they are deeply loved regardless of what's happening in their peer group. That's a really difficult thing for them to deal with. And as a result of that, they end up being hurt over and over again because they can't quite just figure out how they can fit in all the time. Many of us grade ourselves on our performance. In fact, our performance is one way that we become perfectionists so that if I don't do something really well, then I just have to work on doing it better. And then if I work on doing it better, then people will accept me. And what we're really looking at and what Kimmel is talking about is that um, our families are a place Whereas Christian parents, we love our children regardless of their behavior. We love our children regardless of their performance. We love our children regardless of how they're feeling and doing emotionally. And as a result of that love, they learn more and more how to lean into you and be able to flourish even if the world is a difficult place for them. And we have to keep helping with that over and over again because you and I are trapped in the very same culture that just moves us all the way through it, and we will accept these values if we don't look out. I listened to a sermon uh, yesterday. My wife and I were traveling back and forth from an event that we went to and put on a sermon that my wife really likes, the speaker. And he said, if we, if we don't work hard to swim against the current, we will just follow wherever the current is going. And he used dead fish and live fish as an illustration. Uh, when we are dead to Christ, when we are dead to a particular way of Christian living and thinking, then we don't have the power to swim against the current, and the current just takes that dead fish wherever the current goes, over the waterfall, into rocks, into swirly pools or something. It's only a live fish that can swim against the current. And the Holy Spirit empowers us, and the Holy Spirit gives us life, and the Holy Spirit helps us. And what we're looking at is how do we listen to the Word of God? How do we follow the prompting of the Spirit? How am I convicted as a parent so that I can help my children so that they would have the right kind of character? So as we go through this, um, Scooty and I are going to meddle a little bit in your character, not to be mean, but to challenge you to say, how do we talk in certain ways to our children? So last week we talked about capturing the heart of your child and helping them to move forward. And this today, what I want to say off of that is one more thing before we see the video, and that is when you are impatient with your sons and daughters, when you are frustrated with them, because I know that you will be, maybe even this morning, when you process that with them and you just say, I'm sorry, I don't want to be that way, that falls on deaf ears um, over time. What I want to suggest that you say is this. I, I really love and care about you. And the frustration that you see is a part of that love and care because I'm not really sure what to do. Because I really want to see you grow and develop. And I want to work with you in order to help move you forward. Now, if you need to apologize for something, apologize for it. Because that's really, really important. 
But it's also important to know how deeply they care for you because they will interpret your love as not like, or your, your frustration as not liking them. Unless you tell them, I'm working on this and I just feel like I want to do a better job at a parent and you're watching some of that frustration. So I want to work together with you to have the very best experience. And I want you to know that when you're frustrated with me and I'm frustrated with you, that part of that frustration is because we love each other and we're not sure how to communicate that well. So how about if we learn how to do that better? That's what you're going to learn in this class. How am I going to do that better? Um, and so let's turn our attention on to the, uh, the grace-based parenting number two uh, with Kimmel, and then we'll talk about it after we watch it. And we're back. Um, so we just watched that video. And, and I believe, you know, all that we saw, I'm going to try to wrap up in something that Jesus says. Uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6, 19 through 21, let me grab mine real quick. There's this fascinating thing that Jesus says. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament, and we'll be in chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, and Jesus makes an incredible statement. He says this, if, if, does someone want to read that? Philip, my man. Don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wow. That is a fascinating statement that Jesus makes. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and this is a key, not just for us, but for our children. Where's their treasure? What do they want? Uh, it, it begs the question, where's your focus? What preoccupies the majority of your thoughts? Uh, when Jesus is your treasure, you will find peace, joy, and contentment. And this is what Paul talks about in Philippians 4. That he knows what it is to have plenty, and he knows what it is to be in want. But he's learned the secret to this life thing because he has contentment and peace and joy in Jesus. And this means that he understands who he is because he is in relationship with the Lord. He, has, he understands that his character, his values, his purpose flows from who he is. So this is a mindset that is different, and this is what Tim was talking about, uh, than the world's view of success. And the, the view of success in the world is very selfish. What can I get? What can I attain? What can I become? Because the thought is that what I do will enable me to become something. Its focus is on what we do over than who we are. And when that happens, we will find people with that mindset neglecting everyone and everything for themselves. And they'll start leading a life of death. And so sometimes people value money. And, and they believe that People with money, well, they got it all. They're happy. They have everything. They have no worries. They, they just figure it out. 
And yet, some of the richest people in the world are some of the most miserable. Why? Because they, they haven't found fulfillment. They're still empty, right? Um, Ecclesiastes says that eternity is set in our hearts. That there's a longing for God. In fact, um, in Genesis, when it says that man, God, God created man, uh, we, we often use this phrase, in the image of God he created him, right? But, but when we think of an image, what do you think of? A picture, right? But they didn't have cameras then. They didn't have photos then. They didn't have portraits then. And, and when we look into the Hebrew, it really translates well as imprint. And if man is made of clay and God imprints himself on him, what happens when we sin is we pull away and it leaves a void. And we try to fill that void with sex, drugs, money, job, possessions, relationships, etc., etc. But nothing fits. If I were to hold my hand against Peter's, he will dwarf my hand. I, he, it, it, it doesn't fit. And the same thing happens when, when we try to fill this God-shaped void, this God-shaped hole, with everything else. Only God fulfills. Nothing else does. And so money or status or whatever it is that you're, you're treasuring will never fulfill. Only Jesus. And so when we focus on self and our accomplishments and then we don't see them come to fruition, we become angry, hateful, resentful, and we lead a life of death. But a mindset that has the kingdom's view of success is selfless. In fact, let's turn to Luke 9.23 real quick. Uh, so a couple books to your right, Matthew, Mark, then Luke, chapter 9, uh, verses, verse 23. And when someone gets there, if you will read it, that would be fantastic. This is the call of Jesus. The call of Jesus is not to come and be successful. The call of Jesus is not to come and have a better life or, or have your, your dreams given to you. The call of Jesus is, is to come and die. And Jesus says right after that, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll gain it. But what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his very soul? So, the, the kingdom's view of success is selfless and it's faithfulness. Its focus is on who we are and honestly, we'll only know who we are when we know who God is, right? So its focus is on who God is so that we, become, we come to understand who we are and what we do is understanding that what we do flows from who we are, right? Relationship and responsibility. Responsibility flowing from relationship. And, and this is the key piece. This mindset understands that who we are comes from what we treasure, God. When we treasure Jesus, we will grow in his character and his competency. A kingdom mindset of success, and remember, success in the kingdom is faithfulness, frees us up to love and serve others. Look at Galatians 5.13. So Galatians is going to be a few books to your right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. There's Acts, 
then Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and then you have these four short little books, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, GEPC, and I always remembered it, God's Electric Power Company. So, GEPC, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, chapter 5, verse 13. If someone would read that, that would be incredible. Amazing. You're called to be free, right? And there's this incredible thing that God gives us. Freedom. I mean, I could talk for way too long about freedom because I believe God values it. He wants to give it to us. He loves us. And in freedom, you can discover love to the greatest degree. And so, but he says this, but he says, there's this real fine precipice when you get freedom. Because if you embrace it, and take it the way the world does and, is, and are selfish, it will, it will kill you. But if you embrace it the way I intended for it to be embraced, you'll be free to love and serve others, not indulge yourself. And there's a beauty in that. Uh, this builds compassion and character in our lives. And it helps us to live lives of peace and joy and contentment in the Lord. So how do we help our children understand th- this life, this true greatness? And this is really important. Uh, We need to spend time with them, with Jesus, in his word, in prayer, in fellowship, in service. uh, Showing them this totality of life that we have in Christ, right? And this will help them to treasure Jesus and see that what we do flows from who we are, right? And that the greatest value is to spend time with him, discovering who he is so that we know who we are. In fact, there's two phrases in, and one is in the, in found in the Old Testament, and the Father speaks to Israel. And one is found by Jesus in the New Testament. And I believe they're the same statement. And in the Old Testament, you hear this phrase repeated over and over and over again to Israel. And, and God says this. He says, Remember that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and into this promised land. Right? And, and I believe Jesus says the same thing in the New Testament. And it sounds like this. O ye of little faith. And what he's saying is this. Guys, 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 guys. Keep your focus on me. Remember who I am so that you know who you are and you live accordingly. And that's the most important thing. Uh, we want to watch a video of, uh, from a guy named Sky Jatani. Um, he wrote a book called With, which I think is absolutely fantastic. I would encourage all of you to... Uh, buy this book and read it because it has been okay oh I thought we had it if not it's called with um, W-I-T-H and it's by a guy named Sky S-K-Y-E the last name is Jatani J-E-T-H-A-N-I and I would spoil a little bit of it but I think Peter's going to be able to pull it up and if he's able to then we will watch that. So I'm going to pause the recording for a moment as we watch this video, and then we will come back from that. Okay, so as we, as we saw that video, we see that when Jesus is our treasure, when God is our treasure, then, then life becomes fulfilled. Like Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, like, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And so that, that, those are the things that we want to encourage 
not just for you, obviously, but it, it's going to flow from you into your kids. So how do you, spending time with Jesus, with your children, is of utmost value and, and the things that Peter and I want to talk to you about through this class. So I'm going to hand it over to Peter as we wrap up this morning. Um, what I'd like for you to think about is what is one thing that you can do this week with your children that helps to demonstrate life with God? And one of those elements, here, well, here are some things that um, are easier for you to do, um, to add or to keep doing. The first one is to pray with your children about their day or what is of concern to them. So oftentimes... Um, I would talk to my kids every day, and I would say, tell me a little bit about how such and such went. And then my question is, is what are you concerned about with that? A, a student, friend of theirs, uh, studying a class, uh, the pressure that they're under, something like that. So getting them to talk a little bit with you on whatever level that they're able to, to just simply say, this is what I'm thinking about, and then for you to ask for God to bless them to be able to be wise in dealing with that topic, um, and then to tell them this is the beginning of just a conversation I want to have with you about how your faith works in real life or how faith works in real life. So I want you to notice how you feel. I want you to notice what you say. I just want you to notice that God is with you in this situation. The second thing then is to pray for them about something that they need for you to pray about. So make an assessment on behalf of your children and find out what they do well and what is going to be a challenge for them. We often focus in on what's a challenge for them, and we do that from a negative standpoint uh, because they keep getting caught in impatience or lying or not turning in assignments or frustration or something like that. And what I want you to do is instead of say in your own mind, well, you're really struggling with this, I want you to flip it around, and I want you to come up with the opposite character trait. Because if they will move toward something positive, it will overshadow in time the element that is negative in their lives. And I want for you to be praying about that particular character trait for them. Uh, what I have noticed, my children are now 29, 27, and 25. The character traits that I picked for them when they were toddlers are still the character traits that can trip them up. It's really interesting when you think about it. For Audrey, she's incredibly smart, and um, her intelligence can get her into trouble by not being compassionate. Um, my son Austin is everybody's friend, and he just sort of blends in with culture, and he doesn't really have a hard time just reflecting what's going on. And my son Alex uh, was this kind of hard and fast boy boy who used his power for his own means. I mean, he was the meanest one, which we talk about that. Um, Alex is doing really, really well. Austin is struggling with blending in, and Audrey is very smart, and it's getting her um, into some very interesting conversations. And I watch this, and I go, Lord, you have helped me to see that living in a fallen world where we are not as healthy as what we would like to believe that we are, that you as moms and dads become spiritual advocates for your children for a lifetime. They have to own that for themselves 
but you need to also be praying for them about who they need to be and keep striving toward whatever those traits are or they will get sidetracked pretty easily. So now as parents, we're just sort of like mentors or coaches or encouragers because they're all grown up now. And we just remind them of who they are and their qualities and traits and who they are becoming so that they are wise. So I pray for a wise and discerning heart for my kids. And I will still pray for those three things, um, that Audrey will be able to know what to do with her intelligence. Austin will know what to do with all of his Uh, relational blending, and Alex will have the kind of empathy that will move him forward and not be hard-hearted. He wants to be a doctor, and he can get pretty calloused in just seeing little hangnail issues. Um, So that's what I would suggest that you do. What is it that your sons and daughters say they're concerned about or they need prayer for? And then what is that one trait or two traits that you want to be praying for for them so that they can see that God is with them? The struggles in their life are so that they can see God with them. We don't want them to have struggles, but God meets them in that struggle and gives them what they need. So let's close with a word of prayer, and I'll let you guys get going. It's 1040. Lord, thank you so much for this time. And we pray as your children that you will teach us how we can be good stewards of parenting, good stewards of ourselves, and be wise. Help for us, Lord, to initiate with our children, even when it's difficult, Help for us to change some of the relationship rules that maybe have been a part of our family history and um, have spiritual conversations that will point out how you are with our children. Bless us, Lord, as we turn to you to empower and shape our children to be imprinted with you and to stay connected with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.